Hi, my name is Kai. Welcome to my podcast. We are who we are. It is a podcast that embraces different cultures, creative struggles, identity crisis, and mental health-related problems through the lens of a personal and candid conversation with people who has inspired me, friends and family. Lastly, thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. Have a nice day. Lua is a friend of mine and a proud native. The work that she has done for her community at age of 18 is exceptionally inspiring. And today we got together to talk about the community studies and especially the misconception that we've been taught in school and other platforms in Western society. And instead of doing a long intro, Lua decided to do a land of acknowledgement for us. And lastly, I just want to say this interview is done with pure curiosity and love. And respect. Thank you so much, and hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, my name is Kanikwe Igowoman. I am originally from Toronto. I live in Toronto, and so I am going to do a land acknowledgement for the land that I am currently situated upon, the city of Toronto. So the people here. I acknowledge that we are on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. That this home is now that this place is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people, and that it will continue to do so. Miigwech. Hi. How are you? Good. <laughs> it's so awkward. Um, I guess like over the. <laughs> Um, I think for the past two months, I've been just more like learning about like indigenous sort of like the community study. Yeah. And then、um, because for me, like my rebellious nature, I always like to sort of like、uh, explore something that's not widely accessible in the society.、Mm-hmm. And then I feel like indigenous、um, studies is definitely one of those、uh, things that's been sort of. I guess neglected in a way. Yeah, for sure. Indigenous sure. studies, like, just indigenous issues, aren't spoken about at all. I mean, like, even in school,、mm-hmm. you know, like we're on native land and there's native history still being made.、Mm-hmm. Like in school, it's not spoken about at all. And、mm-hmm. like when it is spoken about, it's usually people washing over a lot of genocide and hurt, and then place replacing it with stereotypes.、Mm. And like glorifying things that happened and are still happening.、Mm, yeah, one thing I find very interesting from the sort of the lesson they're doing like online lecture、mm-hmm. on YouTube、um, was that how how sexuality、um, in the indigenous community,、yeah. how settler actually because of the white men、um, they actually so basically how I don't know if that's true. Yeah, like they they took away a lot of our sexuality, like freedom and stuff.、Right? Yeah, for、mm. sure.、Um, like I'm a two spirited person, and so being two spirit、uh, means that there's there's a female and a male part to your soul, and so traditionally a two spirit person was kind of the mediator, and so whenever people would travel, like let's say to go hunting or to go visit somebody, they would always bring the two spirit person with them to be able to talk. And mediate between the two nations if、mm. need be,、mm. to ask if they could stay the night or 
whatever was needed, they'd always have the two-spirit person do this just because they were seen as, like, this balance, this person mm-hmm. that was just balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and traditionally, they could fill the roles of what we now call female or male roles, like, mm. hypothetically, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so um, they could be with whomever they wanted. We didn't really have genders, per se, mm. um, but they really could be with whomever they wanted. And so when the settlers came over, the colonizers came mm. over, mm. and they saw with what they saw as a male and a male together, a female and a female together, they got really upset, and they mm. actually murdered every single two-spirit person they could find. Oh. And, like, so the term two-spirit was banned, and along with, like, everything within our cultures was banned. Um, like, we, even as people, weren't even seen as humans until much later, mm. um, which is a whole other thing. But, yeah, two-spirit two is a really beautiful thing. And that was one thing that I kind of had to come to terms with recently because like I recently came out as a lesbian, Mm -hmm. but I didn't, when I was younger, I didn't really understood what that meant. Like I didn't understand what sexuality meant Mm -hmm. when it was such a sacred thing Mm -hmm. when it, you know, because Mm -hmm. Western society kind of pins people from the LGBTQ community as these like awful people, Mm -hmm. but it's just, they're just humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was it like to grow up, um, sort of, because I know there always there's gonna there's been a struggle with like the Western sort of education mm-hmm. education and the, your roots. Mm-hmm. How do you sort of like connect that bridge? So I my mom didn't know she was native until much later in life mm-hmm. because she was put up for adoption, and so that's really common for native children to be put up for adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, again, part of systemic racism. But when she was adopted, she was put into foster families who were white. And so she didn't grow up with her her culture, and she didn't know she was Native until she was much older. And so I have two siblings. I have an older sister and a younger brother. And by then, my sister was kind of too old to, like, grow up with the culture, you would say. But she, my mom tried really hard to take both my brother and I to like powwows or whatever was going on. And when I was younger, I was growing up in Catholic schools. And so I I was being told that, you know, my people are dirty and they're awful and whatnot. So I I genuinely thought that. And so I like for such a long time had this kind of like internal hatred. Like when I was younger, I saw Pocahontas and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like I'm native and Mm. whatever. And then I got older and was put into a Catholic school. And then I was like, ew. Like, why would I ever want to be Native? Mm. Like, there's nothing good about it. Like, we just sell fur in our drugs. Because that's what school taught me. And then I got older and I saw um, a healer and I learned things. And then I got even older. And then I saw systemic racism Mm -hmm. or just flat-out racism Mm. for the first time like, in person, towards an indigenous person. Like, I I walked by it, and, like, I saw it, and, like, I heard it, but it wasn't until I actually, like, saw it in person and had to go through it that it clicked, which is really selfish. But it was, like, I just didn't realize it was so bad still. I didn't realize that it was stuck within our education system. That's, that's like, really random. But, um... So I didn't really start to be able to bridge the gap until recently. Oh, wow. Really recently, actually. 
and then um, it's it's hard because Western society kind of negates the idea of indigeneity and mm. tries to erase it in a sense. Um, so it's hard to you know be native and live in a Western society. Mm-hmm. It's hard to kind of bridge the two, mm. and so. I've kind of just been caught in this like kind of whirlwind mm. of like trying to go to ceremonies, but then also, you know, trying to deal with this Western education system mm. that was put in place to make my people fail. Exactly. Like people, yeah. indigenous people weren't allowed to get university educations if they wanted to be seen as indigenous, which is it, insane. Mm. And so even just me being in a Western system, like, feels like I'm doing something wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah. I definitely feel, relate to that because I was just talking to Andrew about this, like, how yeah. how to connect to my roots, like, being Chinese but um, raised in New York mm-hmm. and how I don't see anywhere as my home. I don't feel like home in New York. Mm-hmm. I feel like my, like, the language that I speak right now, like, English is sort of, like, borrowed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I don't, re- I don't really see myself as Chinese, so like it is really sad for people like us to like sort of because i've been struggling with this a lot like identity crisis like how to who i am who i am and then i guess that has to do with like institutionalize a lot oh for sure yeah yeah and just like negative stereotypes because these Mm. stereotypes were put in place like for people to profit off of Mm. you know Mm. and so i just it's hard to kind of I don't know. It's hard to kind of break down those barriers. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's just yeah. kind of hard to, like, accept yourself mm. as somebody who's not um, Western, I guess you could say, even though you have to live the life day to day of, like, a Western person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It is, like, the media we consume and everything. And then I feel like, especially with the indigenous community, it's not, still not... Well, with LGBTQ, I think there is a certain, like, there is some degree of progressing. Mm -hmm. But with, like, indigenous community, I think it's still something that's, just like I said before, is not really widely being talked about. Oh, no. It's so, there's, like, a complete disconnect. Right. And especially when it comes to issues and, you know, people might report on the issue, like, CBC might report on the issue. Mm -hmm. And so people will say, oh, but... You're getting attention. People are, but they're not. And mm. it, you have to like break things down, especially with the media. Mm. And so if an atten- if an issue is getting attention, you have to like look at who owns this media. Mm. Like the CBC is actually partially owned by an oil company yeah. who profit off of the um, taking away indigenous lands. And so it's it's scary, like mm. trying to get yourself seen in the media but also trying to not hurt your own people when right. doing so. Right. Um, but then you get into this idea of Hollywood mm. and like who indigenous people are in Hollywood. Mm. And that's like terrifying mm. because we just don't exist. Like there, mm. I Hollywood's idea of who an indigenous person is, mm. like is the complete opposite of what an indigenous person actually is. Mm. You mean portrayed in movies? Oh, for sure. Portrayed in movies. Yeah, Mm. like portrayed in movies and TV shows. And I remember growing up, I didn't see any indigenous people that were like people. Like I just didn't see that in TV shows and cartoons because we're always portrayed as like the bad guy or like 
the stoic mm. kind of person who yeah. just has all this knowledge, which makes no sense. Yeah. And like Peter, pa- have you ever seen Peter Pan? Yeah. You've definitely seen Peter yeah, Pan. Of you know yeah. that like that one song with why the red man is red or whatever. And oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Dancing around. That was like, what the hell was that? Was, yeah. But that's like what a lot of people think indigenous people are or how we act because of this like, because of what Hollywood does. And especially that is scared towards like young kids. And then that's how they basically sort of plant the seed, right? The idea, yeah. like the stereotype, like, oh, so that's how they view like yes, indigenous exactly. people. And it's, um, it's scary. It's, it is so it's, scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. But it's also um, education. The education sector is a big thing too. And how mm. um, indigenous people are portrayed through the education sector. Mm-hmm. For sure. But, like, do you think, um, like, in college, like, or in university, like, while you're studying indigenous study, right? Yeah. Do you think, like, I want to know, like, your, like, classmates, are they... Okay. They're not. A lot of <laughs> a lot of them are settlers, which is really interesting because mm-hmm. uh, I find that a lot of the material is geared towards settlers, is mm. geared towards kind of giving them the basics. Mm. Um, and so to be an indigenous person in this settler-based kind of thing, yeah. kind of class, mm. is really sad because there are people... I mean, it's a good thing. Like, they need to learn the basics. They mm-hmm. need to learn things. But mm-hmm. it's like, I came in here in hopes that I'd learn more and whatnot. But also just in hopes that I would see other indigenous people. Mm. And it's weird to have a white man try to explain to me oh, wow. my history. Like, they'll, they'll be presenting something. Uh-huh. And, like, there'll be, uh, like, class presentations. Mm. And it's just weird to hear a white man say things and like take up space that isn't his oh wow and it's just interesting and it's really sad you you just can't escape it there's no no way to escape no and even when they give us teachings like our teachings are very sacred because they were banned and so it's 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 so so hard to get like proper teachings and one of our as a woman one of the most important teachings I can get Mm. is the moon teaching Mm. and that's like the moon is our grandmother. Oh, and wow. so it's very important as a woman to like talk to the moon. And there are even more sacred teachings mm. that we're um, usually not allowed to tell men. And so I went on this conference call or whatever because of Corona. It was like a Zoom call mm. um, to get my moon teachings. Mm. And there were so many white men there. And I was like, this is not for no, you. No. This is not yours. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. But it was just so weird. Yeah. It is kind of weird. Like, I can relate to that, too. Like, whenever, like, I, I don't know. Like, when I try to, like, watch, a, like, a Chinese movie. Yeah. And there's commentary by a white person. Why wouldn't and there then, be? And then there is so many, like, <laughs> details. You only have... To, you, you can only get it if you're, like, Chinese or if you speak the language. Yeah. But, like, it's... Yeah. It's kind of weird to to see that. Yeah. Mm. But... Um, it also must be so weird for you because I know, like, at UFT, at least, mm. right, where I study, they have... Eastern Asian studies mm-hmm. and they kind of group every kind of like Asian culture together. Oh yeah, definitely. Which is like really gross. Yeah, it's like in the I think in earlier 
days, like people when they talk about Asian, they, that's Chinese is the only thing they like can think of. Yeah. Even like in some like like third world like countries, like because like I think they they can only think about Chinese. Yeah. It's kind of weird, and then there are so many other things. But I'm glad that like well like K-pop or whatever they actually. <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> I think the recognition is is good for yeah. people to to dig more to into the culture. But yeah. Um, but then you get that fine line of like fetishization. Oh, exactly. Oh my god. Which is really like scary. yellow fever and stuff. <laughs> oh god. I know it is. It is weird. It's also like a fine line with anything. Like when you yeah. like when you like too into something too yeah. much, and then people be like, "Oh wow." Yes, mm-hmm. and then there's like the whole white savior thing, mm. the white savior complex, which just scares me sometimes. Mm. Like. I always, whenever people ask me things, like whenever like white people ask me things about my culture, I'm always like, why do you want to know? Like, mm. what are you doing with this information? Mm. Like, how does it benefit you? Mm. And a lot of the times I don't know how to answer. Do you think like by like getting the information or learning the information from an indigenous people mm. can actually, I don't know, I'm not them, but yeah. like maybe, maybe their mindset is like, Okay, like I'm learning this from this person because that's the only sort of way to learn. Yeah. And then I'm gonna spread. I'm gonna sort of spread this knowledge yeah. to like my fellow people, whoever wants to learn that, and then yeah. maybe like create like a little community that is more there's, positively towards. There's that's like some part of it, but then there's also this line of like, why do I have to decolonize? Like my people didn't put these stops in place. Mm. It's not my place to have to take them down. But yet here I am decolonizing and doing all this stuff. Like, mm. um, like you can figure it out on your own right. how to not be racist. Like mm. I shouldn't have to explain it to you. Oh wow! And so that's one thing. But it's also another thing of like the idea of like educating people and of like white person educating another white person on indigenous issues oh, like rubs mm. me the wrong way. Yes, but then it also gets back to like. <laughs> Why do I have to do this? Like, mm. why can't you just research yourself? Mm. And, and it's like kind of like a loop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is wow, that is interesting. So like, I know I know that you still speak the language, right? Yeah, I'm learning. So I. Okay. Oh, that's that's yeah. so cool. Thank you. Mm. Did you grow up with the language? Chinese. Uh, Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can speak fluently. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes, like, I have Chinese friends, so we can speak Chinese to oh, each other, so which cool. is cool. Yeah. But, so, like, so you're still learning? I'm learning. So there are so many languages to learn. And, mm. like, I, in fact, 500 languages in Canada have been lost. Mm. And that's just the languages that we know of that have been lost. Mm. There, So you'll have songs that are just, like, vocable so they're just like hey and oh because we don't know the words anymore like mm. they're gone wow. um and so there's so many different languages to learn and a lot of people speak the language of the land they're on rather than the language they're from if that makes sense i mm. mean rather than the land they're from mm. like my um indigenous side comes from manitoba mm. but i'm learning the land of the people like of the anishinaabe people Mm. because that's whose land i'm on and so that's Mm. the more like commonly spoken Mm -hmm. um around here at least Mm. rather than learning og Cree, which is what i actually am oh wow okay 
So like you like so you have um Yes. Yeah. So my mom is indigenous mm. and my dad's mom is also indigenous. Oh, wow. But we don't know what she is. Mm. So it's like a like melting pot of <laughs> indigeneity like oh, wow. smushed into a person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but there's some like I her like Irish? Yes. Oh, yes. okay, okay. So my dad's dad is Irish. Oh wow. Like strict irish catholic like he still has the accent like he sounds like sir sharonan oh my god opens his mouth oh my god and yeah so it's a very weird but i don't like i don't resonate with that culture oh wow that's interesting because that's you kind of like just like deliberately sort of choose choosing a culture yeah to sort of to kind of like latch on to exactly. exactly yeah and so when i was younger it, i was always like kind of like looking at different cultures and like trying to latch on to different cultures and oh. like I lied for so long and told people I was Italian because <laughs> that like all my friends were Italian so I like told people I was Italian mm. but I'm not Italian like whatsoever mm, yeah and so now that I'm older and I like you know can have like learned to like respect myself and my ancestors I yeah. can openly say yeah I'm native but oh, that's so cute <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but like Otherwise, I just don't know. Like, I just, because I just, I didn't learn anything about being Irish and, uh, except for potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Which is probably a whole other thing to unpack. But, yeah, yeah, it just never resonated with me. And I've just felt more welcomed into the indigenous community because there's just so much, they're just such welcoming and loving people. And I hate the stereotype that we're violent and we're savages mm. and stuff because we're not. Like, one of our, we have like seven grandfather teachings and they're all based off of respect for other people. Mm-hmm. And there's not one that says, go hit somebody. Mm. Like, it's just not a thing. Mm. And um, violence just isn't really a thing within my culture. No. And so, but a lot of people seem to think it is. Because of the way history was written by white men. Exactly. Which is disgusting. But I'm, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the culture is a really loving one. And so I've definitely chosen that culture because the culture, um, like the Irish culture, mm. because it's not just Irish, it's Irish Catholic. And so, mm. like, I have family members that are nuns and priests. Yeah. And they're terrifying. Oh like, God. I've seen pictures and I just, like, never want to be in the same room as that person because oh, they're just wow. terrifying. That's so interesting. It's, like, so extreme. Yes. Oh, extreme side. Two, oh. like, completely. Side of, yeah. And it's, like, whenever I do ceremonies, I can, like, feel my Irish, like, <sighs> like I can feel them rolling in oh their graves. The Irish relatives. Oh, my God. But, uh... Yeah, so I definitely chose the native over the Irish, to be honest. But mm. I do recognize that it's there because it's mm. harmful if you don't recognize definitely. that you have separate parts to you. Yeah. Uh, but it is there. I don't know much about it, but oh, it's wow. there. Oh, wow. That's, oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. It's like, I, so what was like the first moment that you like sort of like learn about like native culture? Like what was like I, the first, first moment? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? It's okay if you don't. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember seeing Pocahontas yeah. and Avatar. Um, <laughs> which is great. Which is, uh, Pocahontas sucks ass. Like it's 
she was 14 mm. and she was stolen and like raped and she died in a boat. Oh my god. Yeah. So Disney like totally glorified it. But that was probably the first time like like I mean apart from like going to powwows with my mother, mm. the first time I saw indigenous people was Pocahontas. Mm. And which isn't an accurate representation. Mm. I just remember them being so angry. I don't remember what they were angry about, but I just remember them all being so like angry all the time. Yeah. But I uh I think yeah, that was like the first time I saw indigenous people. But then the first time I saw proper indigenous representation mm-hmm. was Avatar. <laughs> Not that like, you know the 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 water tribe because a lot of the things that they have and they've like instilled into this show mm. are based off of real things. Oh wow! Like I have this like my winter boots, my mukluks look a lot like Katara's mm. because they based them off of our culture. And so, like I like I'm older now, like a lot older. Mm. But I think that like that's a really good idea of what representation should be, even if it's fictional. Mm. You know. Even if they're fictional people, their tribe is fictional, Mm. like, everything about them is fictional. It's just seeing Native kids, like, seeing Native kids is so cool. Yes. And seeing things that look like your culture is so cool and so validating. Mm. I have a question. Yes. So, there is a fine line between profitization and representation. Ah. Like, so, because one of my... Okay, so one of my favorite brands, yeah, um, they their their iconic sort of shoe motto is based off a indigenous like like a boot. Yeah. So Wait, and that, which brand? I'm gonna Google this. Quickly. It's it's called Visvim, like V I S V I M, and then you can just like sn- like boots or whatever, and then. Okay. Keep talking. Keep talking. Okay. So yeah. It's just kind of funny because that that ended up being their like the most like selling shoes, but people oh, had no idea. Oh, I see it. I see do you it. see the like the resemblance? Like, yeah, I do. Okay, that's interesting. So, what do you think about that? Because that is like, I mean, obviously, is like non-indigenous like people taking yeah. on, putting their own sort wow, of. Wow, they even put some sort of fake beadwork. Mm-hmm. That to me is really interesting because. I didn't know about this, but whenever somebody tries to do this, it never looks cute. What do you think about those? I think they're ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, I'm so, I'm in shock. Like, why does it cost so much? Like, why? Yes, and then Japanese Uh, is a Japanese brand, actually. So that was, yeah. Many thoughts. But um, (laughs) I feel... Crazy expensive. Yeah, crazy expensive. Yeah. It, this also is like, it's gross to me because it's like, you know, it's not your culture. And I think it's one thing to not understand and to not know what you're doing is wrong. Um, mm. Like maybe they genuinely don't know. And like, that's a different thing. Mm. But I bet there were people that reached out and were like, hey, this isn't cool. And mm. if they've been told, then that's the whole other story. Mm. Um, and so... I feel like a lot of people now are open to educating people mm. and are open to listening to being educated by indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Like this, this like whole like moccasin trend. Because that's what it is. It's a trend. It's yeah. like everybody thinks that they can just wear moccasins and oh make God. moccasins and mukluks, but they don't know the story behind them, you know? Mm. And 
so it's like I think whatever like you're gonna do it you're gonna do it but mm. it's just gross and like you're walking on native land mm. it like on knock and not a white person yeah. as a white person oh my God. it's like you don't know what you're wearing on your feet mm. and you don't know like why you're wearing them right you know and I feel like it's just gross there's no other it's infuriating and gross and um so many people have tried to stop things like this, but it's never truly going to stop, I don't think. Mm. But do you think in the, like, sort of, like, on, like, if you're looking in a representation mm-hmm. way, do you think that kind of helps people? No. No? Okay, why, why? Because with representation, you have to bring knowledge. You have to bring education. Mm. And so, um, if I, like, let's say I'm a TV show. Mm. And I have a native character, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. I have to bring in issues that they might deal with mm. that I can then educate people about. Like, I have to bring in truth. I have to bring in things that actually happen or things that are part of it. Like, where I have my mukluks from, mm. where I got them from, mm. uh, they're an indigenous-owned brand. Mm. And with every boot, they, like, give you a little tag and it tells the story of, like, what a mukluk is and, mm. like, why we make, why we wear them so on and so forth. And so I feel like if you're truly going to have representation Mm -hmm. and you're going to profit off of some sort of representation, you have to have some sort of education that comes with it. Because without that education, it can bring um, uh, cultural appropriation. That's another thing, right? Yeah. Cultural appropriation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like same thing as like seeing a white white person, especially a white like female and wearing like like chi pao. Yeah. Like, it's just so weird to even... Because they, they just don't know. They don't care. No. And it's like you look at brands like Fashion Nova. Oh, my gosh. And they, they sell all these, like, like the... the cheap, like cheap house. Cheap yeah. house, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they sell them, and they sell air daos, like, from the Vietnamese culture, yeah. and all these things. And it's like, you no, know, <laughs> I know. And the model... The, the, model, the model is, like, sexualizing I know. it. And that... Like, also, like, sexualizing traditional clothes Mm. is another form of, like, um, well, racism, of course. Of course. But it also brings in uh, systemic racism Mm -hmm. because then it gets ingrained into your mind that it's okay to sexualize these cultures. Like, it's okay to sexualize these clothes, Mm. and then that helps bring fetishization into the world. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's like a never-ending cycle. It's just never gonna... Yeah, exactly. Is there any, like, sort of, like... So, there? I want to know if there's any, like, sort of solution to that. To... Not even a solution, but just trying to make things a little bit better. Or, like, make people just more aware. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> land back is a big thing. Like, mm. giving... Indige- like, giving land back to indigenous people. For sure. That also brings up um, the the topic of like environmental racism. Yes. Yeah. Hate her. Mm. <laughs> um, it's interesting because the truth truth be told, the only people that can properly take care of land are indigenous people, mm. um, and are people of color because of their ties to the land and because of their understanding of the land and like mm-hmm. what it can bring, mm-hmm. rather than just profit, profit, profit. Mm. Um, like right now. Uh, you see, like in BC, you see all these pipelines being made. Mm. Um, 
and indigenous people don't want these pipelines being made because it's like going to mess up with mess up the land it's Mm. going to hurt mother earth and there are so many pipelines that you can look at as proof that like pipelines are shit Mm. they don't they're not that good and Mm. they bring so much racism as well Mm -hmm. like um there's this genocide going on in canada right now Oh, wow. And it's missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirited people. Over 4,000 Indigenous women are missing. And that's, you know, people were saying, like, this is an issue, this is an issue mm. for years. And then in 2006, the Harper government was like, we're not dealing with this. And then in 2016, the Trudeau government said, fine, we'll give you a commission. Um you get to choose the people who are on the commission mm. and they're going to look into it. So they opened up this inquiry mm. and you'd think, Oh my gosh, yes, finally, yeah. like we're getting some recognition, <laughs> but there's always a, but, yeah. but this commission, these people have like their suggestions aren't legally binding. So anything they suggest doesn't actually mean anything. They don't have any, um, legal power over the police. They, are just voices they're just people that you know say this is going on and they can't make people investigate anything they can't open up any investigations oh, wow. so they can't actually do anything they're just there to to kind of look pretty in all honesty like they're just yeah. there to make trudeau look better right and since the commission the inquiry opened up in 2016 yeah they have gone through so many head commissioners it's actually insane Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's, like, a whole database being made Mm. filled with missing and murdered people. And it's just so scary Mm. because, you know, like, they're they're just numbers to some people, but to other people, they're family members, they're cousins and stuff. And the youngest girl that I saw on, like, when I was researching was Mm. two years old. Oh, wow. Like, she was two years old. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah. And that's terrifying. That's fucking terrifying. And I'm sure there are people that are younger. Yeah. I know there are people that are younger. It is so primal, in a sense. It's so primal. Yeah. It's just disgusting. And the the government has the power to stop this. Yeah. They do. They really do. Mm -hmm. Um, Because one of the, the biggest issues is the lack of land and the lack of resources that indigenous people have in Canada and Mm. there's this huge stretch of land called the highway of tears because of how many women go missing off of this highway each year and they have signs that say serial killers on the loose on this highway like on this big stretch of land and so you'd think okay the government of Canada you know they put these signs up they have to be doing something they're not they put up this public this this public transportation like this bus Mm. that took people from the reserve to the main city. Mm. Mm. Um, But then they took it down because it was too expensive and proceeded to buy a million-dollar pipeline. Oh, my God. So so sickening. It's so sickening. And so these people kind of pick and... Like, the government picks and chooses what they deem is important. And so they've kind of made it obvious to people, especially FNMI communities, that Mm. we're not important enough for their money. We're not important enough for their and attention. And demonizing it, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's just so many issues happening within the government and, like, within the, just the whole, Canada as a whole. 
And the RCMP is a hot mess. The RCMP was made mm. um, in part, no, just not even in part. In, it was honestly made to control the Indian oh my on the reserves. And these reserves were made. So if you lived in this area, this mm. was your sacred land. This mm. is where you were from. Mm. They took you away from this like bountiful land mm. and they put you in the middle of nowhere where they knew it was harsh. They knew mm. that you couldn't grow proper food. You couldn't hunt properly there. Mm. And they placed you there. Oh and they made you stay there. Oh, wow. Those are the reserves. And then they gave you food. So they rationed these people's food. They yeah. rationed our food. Yeah. And they put gates around. And you had to get permission to leave a reserve. You needed permission to leave. And if you, let's say you finally, you know, you graduated high school so on and so forth, you had to give up your status card. You had to give up your indigenous identity to go to university oh, wow. to get an education and you weren't allowed back. Like, you couldn't come back. That's it. And if you were an indigenous woman and wanted to marry a non-indigenous man, you lost your, you weren't indigenous anymore. And you had to go, you had to leave. Like, oh, you, wow. weren't, you weren't human. That's the thing is we were literally just animals. Kind of dismantled it. Yeah, we our whole way of being like it was literally illegal to be in mm. more than groups of three. Like we couldn't walk around in more than groups of three until the seventies, and um, we our kids were taken away from us mm. and placed in things called residential schools that were literally made to kill the Indian in the child, mm. and these resident the last residential school shut down in nineteen ninety six. And these residential schools were notorious for abuse, all types of abuse. Yeah. Um, and elders have told me the most like horrific stories about being in residential schools because they were run by Catholic people. Oh wow. And they were run by uh, priests and nuns, and so that's why like being in a Catholic school like was so weird. Mm. It was so foreign and so weird. And, um, it must be really hard for you. It was hard, but it was also like interesting. It was yeah. really interesting because, um, I don't know. I felt like I did something during my time in Catholic school. Cause I, I yelled at a lot of teachers. Okay. I was in my grade 12 year. I kind of learned about what it was like, not what it was like to have a voice. Cause I've always had a voice, but what it was like to use my voice. Interesting. And how to properly use my voice mm. to shut up racists. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I kind of lost all fear in grade 12. Because, like, what was the worst thing we're going to do? Mm. They're going to kick me out of school for calling out a racist? Mm. Okay, let's see how that goes okay. for you. For me, yeah, for me calling out a racist. Like, let's see how that goes. Mm. Um, and so I just remember I'd come home crying to my mom. And just tell her about all the racist things these teachers had said to me, all the things that they'd done. And so my mom would call and say, like, this is going on. Please fix this. My daughter is sobbing right now. Mm. And then nothing changed. Nothing changed. And so I finally um, was ready to write an essay. And so I wrote an essay mm. and I read it to one of my favorite teachers. And she wasn't saying anything because she knew she could get in trouble if she did say anything. Um and then a teacher overheard, and she looked me in the eye. This, like, middle-aged woman looked mm. a 16-year-old child in the eye mm. and said, if you release this, 
you're going to get sued for slander, and no university is going to want to accept you. So I didn't release it until later. <laughs> and wow. then I graduated, um, and I still put complaint after complaint in without, I didn't hear anything. So I graduated, and then I finally reached, was reached, somebody, like, it's kind of, memory is a funny thing, but mm. somebody reached out to me, and I started speaking to them about my experience because another issue of racism came up within the board. And so, but I had been advocating for years, which is what really pisses me off. Yeah. Is that you never listen to indigenous voices, but the second a non-indigenous person begins to complain, that's when they start to listen. I agree. Which fucks me over. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, you can't. Like, no, 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 no. It, it, like, it, it really messes me up. Yeah. And so they reached out to me and da da da. I told them my story. And then I spoke to a national reporter, uh, the, sorry, National Post reporter. Yeah. And then my essay was finally out there. I told them everything about what I had been through. Mm-hmm. And then they decided to listen to me the second I went to the media. Exactly. That's like when CBC and everything that's controlled by white people. Yes. But like when the indigenous person like speaks something, nobody listens. Right? Like I was in school sobbing, crying yeah. to teachers, like telling them how hurt I was. And they didn't listen. We went on this trip. Oh my God. I hate this trip, man. This trip, it was an indigenous service trip, which mm. is like in itself. Like, mm. what are you as Catholics bringing to this reserve? Oh my God. Because they, they said we were going there to help. And so I was like, okay, okay, like, sure. Like, I was just going to go hang out with aunties and cocums all day. Right. And like, <laughs> going to eat some bannock and live my best life. <laughs> and so at the time, I wasn't really in touch with my roots, which is interesting. And then I went on the trip and I saw racism and I wanted to punch this girl in the face. And, like, I'm not a violent person, mm. but I wanted to punch this girl. For sure, girl for sure. Because she was just saying things, and I was like, oh, my God. Um, and I literally left the room because this – okay, so this trip was led by a priest. We stayed in a Jesuit priest center. There was one elder. She was the sweetest woman. I love her so much. Mm. And um, – I was just sitting there, like, listening to these people talk. We were in a sharing circle. Mm. And this girl started speaking about how she felt so connected to the term two-spirit. She's white. And she started telling me how she felt connected to the term two-spirit. And I was like, you don't. You don't feel connected because it's not yours to connect to. Mm. And I gave, like, a brief history. And then I left the room because I just couldn't take it. I was getting so many dirty looks. And I was like, oh, my God. You were so brave. Thank you. So yeah. I left the room and then she came into my bedroom later, like where like the dormitory or whatever. And mm-hmm. she came in and she was like, I just want to speak to you. I just want to ask you a question. <laughs> I was like, okay, what do you want to ask me? And she's mm. like, can I go see a healer? And I was like, no. <laughs> and then she said, but like, what if it was for my nephew? Like he's native. And I told her like, then your aunt or whoever is native should take him. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. Like you're being rude. You're being rude. <laughs> And I asked her to leave. And then she said no. And she's like, I don't get why you're yelling at me. I didn't do anything wrong. And she like left in a huff and a puff. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God. So I went home. And I booked an appointment with a healer. Because I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done with yeah. being a little white, like, yeah. Catholic. Like, I'm not that person. No. Oh, wow. And so then that's when I... Like, like, I come off white passing, but I just, culturally, I'm not a Catholic. I just cannot, mm. I think it makes me sick. Mm. And so, um, 
yeah, I came home, and then that's when I really got in touch with my roots because I had my spirit name. It was mm. given to me when I was 15, and mm. the trip was when I was 16. Mm. And so there's a year difference. Mm. And so I got my name uh, when I was 15. Kunigwe, it means eagle woman. And Pretty. It, thank you. And so the eagle is the one of the only animals that can like pass through the spirit world and the physical world. Wow. So like I... It's I speak up for the voiceless. I bring the prayers across. Like that's what that's what I've been told. And so, um, yeah. And so I couldn't even pronounce my name when I went on this trip. I thought mm. my name was Gungapwe. Who is she? I don't know what sauce that is. <laughs> and so, yeah. And then I came back and I met with a healer and he corrected me on my name, which I think is very interesting. Mm. That like I came back and I could finally pronounce my name. Wow. And. Um, yeah, like, ever since then, I just wouldn't shut up. I'd call teachers out. I, you know, people saw me as this, like, radical person, but I was just, just laying my, chilling, and I was just living my best native life. Oh, my God. That's so good. <laughs> Thank you. How about the yeah. support uh, from friends? My that's friends, good. they, a lot of my friends supported me. Oh, nice. Which is really good. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest, I, like, you know, my people in my friend group, like, they have to be. You know what I mean? Mm. To, you know, mm. get in. Get in with me. To be my friend, you have to be cool. Yeah. Um. So I'm really happy that I didn't really get any kind of flack from them. Mm. Though there was one person that I used to call my friend that said something very questionable to me about residential schools. She said, why can't you just get over it? Mm. And I said, oh, honey. Oh, honey. Mm. Because this was during the time uh, Wet'suwet'en was just first, you know, happening and breaking news and people were finally out protesting. Mm. And she messaged me and she was like, you guys are being so violent. Like, this is radical. Da, da, da. And I said, but it's like not. Like, racism's always going on. Like, it's just, mm. it's systemic. Yeah. It's always there. It's always and then she said, just get over it. And get over residential schools or whatever. And I was just sh- shocked. Mm. Because she's a woman of color. And I was just so shocked that she could say these things mm. to, like, a person. Wow. And I was like, okay, lock. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked. I thought that was uh, a, uh, a white person. No. Wow. That yeah. kind of makes things even worse in some, in some, in some sort of sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. It's, you know, there are people who... I don't know how to explain it, but there are always going to be people who just are stuck in that ignorant kind of mindset mm. um, due to the lack of education, mm. due to their lack of experience and mm. exposure to indigenous peoples. Yeah, definitely. There is also like internal racism as well. Oh my God, for sure. Yeah. I dealt with internal racism oh, for you? so long. Mm. First of all, I used to bleach my hair orange. <laughs> I was convinced that I was a ginger. Oh okay. Meanwhile, my hair naturally is really, really dark. Mm. And I'd always bleach my hair. Oh, wow. Yeah. And now you kind of just embrace it. Yeah, now I, I think that it's, like, so nice. Wow. I think that black hair is, like, the most beautiful thing ever. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Being age of 18 and being able to, like, that's amazing. Thank you. And there's always like times you know where I'm like questioning things where I'm like uh okay but then I always kind of like catch myself you know Mm. and uh, we're really big on you know our 
we're really big on. We <laughs> pray to our ancestors mm. and we speak to our ancestors. And I'm mm. really lucky that I have that connection with mm. my ancestors. Mm. Um, and we believe that a lot of our strength comes from our ancestors and like mm. who, like our teachings and everything and like who mm. we speak to. And mm. we believe that you're never walking alone. You're always walking with at least seven of your ancestors. Oh, wow. Which is really powerful. Yes, yes. Definitely. Yeah. So that's really cool. Wow. And that's, yeah. Just hearing it just makes me so touched for some reason. I just like, and then it is so fucked up that how this information should be more accessible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I was like, I know that like a lot of like, um, they do, they use a lot of like sage to like clean, cleansing yeah. the soul or yeah. like they would do like. So we have, that's a whole other thing. It's mm. white sage because there's so many different types of sage mm. and we just want one, one type to ourselves and then, and then people still, don't listen. Yes. There's so many types. It's just this one type, just white sage. Mm. Just don't touch it. Mm. And people don't listen because it's endangered now. Like it's an endangered species of plant now yeah. because of the overproduction and the overharvesting. Wow. And it's one of our most sacred medicines. Mm. And it's hard for people of our own community to get to it now. Yeah. I think during the summer, there is like Instagram sort of post about yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <sighs> it is so sad. It's so sad. Mm. I guess, like, um, lastly, I just want to, I don't know, I want to talk about, like, sort of, like, fashion. Yes. And... How do you ever have like sort of like I don't know like a, I don't know like a fashion and sort of that yeah is there any connection? So a lot of or yeah. art art is huge in our community. Yeah. We love our art. Mm. Fashion is really interesting mm. because um, when the colonizers came over, of course they like rationed everything we got, and mm. so they even rationed the clothing that we got mm. and like the fabric, and so. Um, a lot of the clothing we wear to powwows is mm. kind of like modern type of, in a way, type mm -hmm. of clothing in a way. Mm. And so um, it's just, I don't know how to explain it. It's really interesting. Mm. But a lot of it has to do with who we are as people. And so mm. you'll never see two people wearing the exact same like ribbon skirt. Ribbon skirt is one of our traditional mm -hmm. um, type of things you wear mm -hmm. you'll never see the same people wearing the same ribbon skirt mm. because each one is uniquely made oh, wow. because a lot of it is based off of like your spirit and like who you are as a person mm. which is really interesting mm -hmm. um and uh yeah and so there are people who wear ribbon skirts like on the daily like it's just it's so cool and i wear my mucklucks out in the winter and mm. i have an indigenous winter jacket oh wow my little mush mush jacket yeah. <laughs> um just because it's it's nice and it makes me feel safe in the winter mm. uh yeah That's, i yeah. i got a shirt and then i was just very naive i didn't know and then yeah. there was like an indi indigenous like so it was sewed on to mm. the shirt but it was basically an indigenous person on a boat Oh, wow. I, and then I've been told by uh, one of my friends that, oh, that is actually not, you shouldn't be wearing that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, it is interesting. It's really interesting. And even in fashion, there are things that like people use that are like ours 
but they don't care or they just don't know. Like dream catchers has become this like kind of like fashion Westernization. It's disgusting. Oh my god. And it's the same thing with beaded earrings. Because a lot of people, like even like Latinx communities mm-hmm. have beads and beaded earrings and beading necklaces. For and, sure. And then these white people are like, Oh, that's cute, but I'm gonna do it like this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's that. Mm. How do we preserve that? How do we preserve all the resources, too? Oh, that's a really good question. Mm. I wish I had an answer to that. I feel like talking to the next generation mm. is the most important thing in the world mm. because we have seven fires, and we believe the seventh generation, or the seventh fire, is the youth mm. rising up mm. and taking over. And we see mm. that now. We mm. see that happening. Yeah, you. Which is, which is, thank you. <laughs> which is huge because it's yeah. like our prophecies are coming true with so many. Oh, wow. Every single fire has came true. Like, it's been predicted and then it just, like, actually happened. Because uh-huh. there are all these predictions. Yeah. They even predicted colonizers. Like, years before they came, they predicted colonizers were going to come here and, wow. like, fuck shit up. Wow. Yeah. I want to read, read into more into that. I, I'll, I'll give you a, like a, I'll give you the recommendation of please, a book please. that like also breaks down systemic racism within the education sector. Please. So. Oh my god. So yeah. interesting. And I also want to read your essay too. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'll send it to you. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, but in order to properly preserve, I think we have to give teachings to the younger generation, but also listen to what they have to say mm. because you're also born with teachings. You know. Very true. Um, yeah. Okay, that was great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for sharing the information with me. Thank you. Anytime. Thanks. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>